good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. We provide portfolio management, income, tax planning, and overall retirement planning. All right. Well, if you want to talk to Tom or if you want to ask me a question uh, or ask either of us a question, 630-934-1855. You can also text us at that number, 630-934-1855. Or you can always leave us a message at alphawealthgroup.com, which is Tom's website, which is awesome. By the way, you can get a free retirement planning packet while you're there. That has your income planning, estate planning, asset planning, an investment plan, worksheet, and some tax planning help. So Tom, of course, can help you with all of those, and you can reach out to him at alphawealthgroup.com. So Tom, uh, Mm -hmm. big week this week. Uh, Turns out inflation has eased quite a bit to just under 5% in April. less than they expected, actually. And and I thought that was overall good news. Of course, earlier, um, the week prior, the Fed had raised the, uh, inflate, raised the interest rate, the federal funds rate again. And so my inbox is blowing up. I don't know about yours because, like, the realtors are all upset about the rise in rates. And, you know, there's a whole group of people mm-hmm. very, very upset about it. Uh, meanwhile, you know, employment numbers stay really strong and the unemployment rate is like at or near the all-time low at 3.4%. So I don't know, any thoughts about how our listeners ought to be thinking about these different developments? Well, you know, it's interesting, Elise. Um, there's always just data, 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 and we just have to be careful when we're an investor because I've said it before, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. I mean, earnings have come out for the quarter, I think, not every single, most uh, of the uh, S&P has, has declared their earnings. There's been a beat of about 77 to 80% have, uh, have exceeded earnings. Those are positive things. Um, we have these interest rate things going on. We now have the debt ceiling going on. We have, I mean, it's just, again, it can be, and, and, and then we can also say, you know, there's always things going on. So for the average investor, I would just say be careful you know, and try to stay with the investment plan and the strategies you have. When we, there was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that they did an analysis um, how people underperform, and we've talked about this before mm-hmm. um, by many studies because we start moving things around. Um, you know, this this year technology has done one of the best performing sectors. Last year it was the, one of the worst performing <laughs> sectors, and so I would just say from the standpoint, yes, try to get take in the information. Have a sense of, of what's going on. Always be as involved. And we talked about this last week, Elise, about being organized, financial organization. In fact, I had a few people call in and ask for that asset organizer, oh, um, yeah? which, I, which <laughs> was great, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you get you figure out where everything's at and you get organized and you know where the that's that's important stuff. But I just I think we always have to be careful. I'm giving you kind of a long winded answer here, but be careful with all of these data points. Because we're going to have CPI next week. We're going to have the Fed has another meeting next week to see if they're going to raise rates again. And so um, there's always this push-pull in what's happening. I think one of the things I think most people are happy about is you can get over 4% to to 5% in the money market and you can own a short-term T-bill. So there's a positive spin. Yeah, and also the I-bond rate came out. Uh, We didn't talk about that. But it now, it fell, but it now has a nearly 1% forever cap on it right it's Mm -hmm. uh, 0.9 percent i think the overall rate is 
a little over 4%, right? Or mm-hmm. 4 4.9. I mean, it's right around where the inflation rate is. Ding, 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 ding. That should have been a signal to all of us. Yes, they do know things. They talk to each other. Um, anyway, well, I, I think my message to you, it, you know, to our listeners is, you know, just take a deep breath. I think you love to give that advice, Tom, and I'm going to just say it. <laughs> take yes. a deep breath. Do not overreact. Don't worry so much about what happens day to day in the stock market. Just try to think about kind of where you are and where you want to go, and then you can reverse engineer a way to get there. And we actually had some comments this week. We'll talk about them a little bit later mm-hmm. in the show, some questions, you know, about people responding to some of the things that we talk about. And, you know, I want all of our listeners to know that, you know, I understand that it feels like we're only talking to rich people sometimes, <laughs> but Tom and I are very cognizant that. You know, not all of our listeners have unlimited resources. Uh, they have very, very limited resources. And so we just wanted wanted you to know that we hear you. And feel free to reach out and talk to us about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, I'll give you the number again if you want to text us or you've got a question, 630-934-1855. And you can also really go and take advantage of the stuff on Tom's website, alphawealthgroup.com, because it's very, very helpful. Um, Tom, we just have you know a couple of minutes left in this segment, and this week a new survey found on this topic that nearly half of all baby boomers have zero retirement savings. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a problem because if you're a newly minted 65-year-old, you can easily expect to live 20 more years. And the average check anyway is only 1800 bucks, and the average household runs by somebody who's over 65, they're spending 4000 a month. So there's really a disconnect between the money that people are coming in just from Social Security and 4000 a month. And I guess I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, um, is it any surprise to you that more Americans are working into their 70s? No, it, it isn't a surprise to me. I mean, some of it is because, you know, they choose to, and I think that's certainly something different that we deal with. But as far as it comes to, and this is why... We talk about this very. Uh, we talk about this often, at least. It's when we talk about income versus assets. And you made the comment: a lot of individuals have savings that are low, or or nothing's left in the savings. The income is important because income doesn't run out. If you have some sort of income plan, a savings can run out, but the income keeps coming in. So for Social Security and things that we should be taking a looking at, and these are maybe some things to think about. Um, delaying Social Security, right? Social Security grows by 8% per year if you delay it, and that's for the rest of your life. Um, You know, there's other ways maybe to try to get insurance, and then you can supplement that maybe with working part-time. We really, and maybe we can have more of a discussion, I know we don't have much time in this section, but, um, you know, these are things to look at, and I always would say, taking a step back, how can I create income that will be income that is sustainable, guaranteed, and lifetime, um, we have to take a look at that, and again, maybe we can talk more about that. For those that are there in, a, in the position now, you know, there's things that we talked about last time: reverse mortgages. I mean, if that's a possibility, working part time. There's some things maybe that they can look at to try to generate some income. It's a tough situation, but there may be some opportunities. There are o- options for them. Yeah, and I also think you have to rethink your living. You know, where you're living. Maybe mm-hmm. you partner up with somebody in a non-romantic sense. You know, sure. cut housing expenses that way. You move to a cheaper place. You sell. If your house is your asset and it's paid off, 
um, you know, you sell that and you use the money to live somewhere else where it's much more affordable than, say, here in Chicago. But we're going to have some more suggestions as we mm-hmm. go through the show today. But we just really wanted you to know that we're listening to you as you're listening to us. So right now you're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group. And you can find us, text us, call us, leave a message. 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. That's Tom's website. So, Tom, we got a bunch of questions this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Pam wrote in, what's the best way to invest your required minimum distributions? So I know a lot of people are going to take those out and they're going to need them to live on mm-hmm. and pay the bills. Obviously, not everybody does. And mm-hmm. if you don't, uh, what do you think people should do with that money? Well, the required minimum distribution, um, just to clarify, it's been changed. Now, for this year, it's still 72. Once you hit age 72, you are required to take out a certain amount. There is a uniform table that you go to. I know it's we, we don't have to get into the weeds here, but you can go look up the uniform table. The first year, you divide by 27.4. The next year, you divide by 26.5 and so on. You keep dividing by a smaller number, the value of your accounts. This is how you calculate your RMD. And I say this because I think it's important to understand there's a reason we call these accounts tax time bombs, right? Because um, because at some point, whether you want it or not, you've got to pull out a minimum distribution, pay the tax on it, and then you have to decide on what to do with it. So I just want people to be aware of this. Really, for those of you that are not quite there, um, just be aware. You know, this you haven't paid tax on it. It's deferred, deferred, deferred. At some point, the government says, enough you got to pull the money out. And basically, the first year, it's around 4%. It's a little less. But there's a uniform table for that. Now, as far as when you... By the way, Roths do not have required distributions. You know, I'm a big fan of Roth. Yeah. Roth IRAs. Roth 401ks. But for those that have to pull that money out, again, you have a... That's why it's called required. Required minimum distribution. Once you take those monies out, you put them on your tax return. You pay as though it's pure income, always income. And at that point now, the question is, how can you invest that minimum distribution? Well, um, you know, certainly you can put it right into a brokerage account. You can invest it and buy more, buy a mutual fund, buy investments, things that are there down the road. You have that money that's available to you. So that money can be, after again, the net, after you pay the tax on it, you can turn around and invest what's left in, or what's left after you pay the taxes on it. If you're working, not many, not, well, we were just talking about people over 70, you can contribute mm-hmm. to a Roth still. Um, the other thing is there's also what are called qualified charitable deductions. Keep in wait, mind. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, let me just go back one go thing ahead. to the Roth. So it, that's a great point because we did just talk about how there's a growing number of people in their 70s who are working, even over 75. That's true. Yeah, good and, point. And so you, you not only can put it in, but I bet your spouse could also great. put yep. it in. That's true, yes. And you and you get the extra bonus because you're both over the age of fifty, right? Yes, yeah, okay. that's a good, very good point. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. No, it's <laughs> that was as we like to call a good catch, right? But it's important because yeah. you know you can still contribute. This is where you know if you take that money out, yeah, you may have to pay the tax on it. But what if I can put it into an account that I'll never pay the tax on the rest of my life? So you can do up to seventy five hundred per person per year. And a non-working spouse can contribute, too. Just, just if one person has income, the non-working spouse can contribute, too. I had some clients in here the other day. Um, I think the one, the wife is still working. She's, you know, continues. She likes it. She doesn't work all part. She works part-time. 
It makes about 20000 a year. Guess what? 7500 each into a Roth for both of them. So these are ideas of what you can do with some of those funds. And I've had that before where I have a client that had RMDs. Um, the wife was over 10 years uh, younger than him. She was mm-hmm. still working. She wasn't happy that he was enjoying himself. Okay, but, different uh, story, different <laughs> different radio show. <laughs> but <laughs> he was taking his RMD. He didn't need it, and we were doing Ross. And it yeah. was interesting. Over a period, it, it kind of hit me one time because he came in. He's like, okay, I'm taking my RMDs. Let's get together. So we get together, and he'd pull the money out. We'd put it in the Roth, and we pulled up his Roth accounts. And I don't know, just... There was like 50000 in each account. And when we had started a number of years ago, there was zero. And all wow. of a sudden, you know, so it's just, you see how these things really start to take off year after year after year, and it makes a difference. Yeah, I think that's um, a great point. Anytime you have money that you don't need, you know, plowed into a Roth as long as you're able. And, you know, we've talked about this before. If you've got plenty of money in, you know, a 401k, let's say you're lucky enough to have had that, Maybe you don't need to add more to that. I mean, you want to always get the match. The match is free, right? No matter how old you are. But mm-hmm. instead of going all the way, take a look at the four, the Roth 401k. So you pay your taxes now, but the likelihood is that you're still going to be in the highest tax bracket when you come out um, because you've made good money. And so if you know that you're going to be in that high tax bracket, it doesn't matter whether you're putting in pre-tax or post-tax, you know, what you're doing is saving yourself tax later. So something to just think about. I know we've talked about that as well. And then you were just about to, I interrupted you um, with my little two cents, but (laughs) you were about to, you were about the good catch, as we called it, but but you were about to talk about the charitable, um, I think, charitable accounts. And that's another good idea. Yeah, we want to be conscious of our taxes. Again, that's why I'm a fan of doing some of these things. And you made the comment, at least you can still go with the traditional 401k and these other things. But then you can also have a tax-free piece. I sometimes call that tax diversification, just like investment diversification. Mm. So you have these different buckets to draw from, or I call it forward tax planning. By the way, real quick, if anybody wants, I have a report called the, there's seven ideas on tax-free strategies. If they want that, I'll send it out to you. It gets into a lot more detail in these ideas. So... Um, the tax-free retirement planning. Uh, but the other piece here, too, is in, in, in looking at when I have to take out required distributions, let's say you're charitably inclined. Let's say you do charitable contributions throughout the year. Well, you can use, again, they have to be qualified charitable deductions, but you can use your RMDs, your required distributions, for the charity as opposed to maybe pulling out of your savings or your investments. You can now use your uh, IRA required distributions and oh by the way now it's not taxable that portion that you make to a charitable contribution um all these things just add up so that's an option too for um what you can do with your required minimum distribution yeah i love that you just have to make sure folks and i know this because my mother sort of ran into this you really you have to write the check to the charity right out of the account the mm-hmm. 401k account. You can't move it into your own personal account and then write it off the personal account. Right, Tom? Correct. Correct. It can go directly to, in fact, and if you have brokerage accounts at Schwab or Fidelity or TD, you can direct those funds to the charity from there. Right. And they will do that for you. Mm-hmm. They literally write the check for you. Um, or they, 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 they will transfer it. And this is some of what you're entitled to for the fees that you pay. So I take agree. advantage. Yep. You want to take advantage. All right. So if you want to get um, Tom's uh, tax diversification strategies, which I just love that idea. 
Um, you can call 630-934-1855. Leave us a message after the show uh, or text us for it. And you could also go to alphawealthgroup.com. We're going to take a short break. Uh, come back. We've got a few more questions and uh, oh, a whole lot of other information for you. Stay tuned to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us at 630-934-1855, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com. All right, Tom. So a couple of other questions that came in. Um mm-hmm. Diane wrote in and said, what are your recommendations for converting an IRA to a Roth IRA? I'm 60 years old and I have uh, $350,000 in my IRA. Thank you. Okay. I, I'm, I feel like she might be a bit confused on that, but what do you think? Well, as far as, you mean the Roth conversions? What are the options there? Well, she's she doesn't want to convert from, it sounds like a 401k to mm-hmm. a Roth. It sounds like she wants to convert an IRA to a Roth, so mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it doesn't matter. Well, you know, there is, there is a I think, a, um, a, a smart approach to this. I'll use that term. Um, you know, first of all, let me make a comment on Roth conversions. Roth conversions, uh, the rules, you can do any amount at any time at any age. If you have, like in this example, 350000 in IRA, you could do every penny tomorrow, right? <laughs> now, what's going to happen is you're going to get a 1099 next January, and it's going to say, here's 350000 put it on your tax return and pay the taxes. So you, this is uh, unlike contributions. And by the way, you can do contributions and conversions. They're two separate things. But... Um, you you know the 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 approach might be as I'd say the smarter approach might be okay instead of doing three hundred and fifty all at once I'm going to do fifty thousand a year for seven years right I'm going to spread it out over time and try to stay within certain tax brackets so I'm not paying thirty five percent on it or whatever it might be so again this is approach you where you can do it systematically the conversions and then over time. Um, you know, you've repositioned 350000 into an account that will grow, as we said, tax-free the rest of your life, no required distributions, doesn't tax your Social Security and goes to your spouse and children tax-free. I'm a big fan of that. This is why, you know, even the, as I say, where I'm an investment advisor rep and we do portfolio management, we do all of these things. I'm a big fan of tax forward tax planning. And this is an example where you know, over a seven, now you're six, in this example, from 66, 60 to 67, let's say she does it over seven years, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, all this money is in, she can turn on the Social Security at that point, or defer it till 70, maybe have a higher benefit and get more of it tax-free. And then yeah. you see, it's how we got things working together. No, I, th- I think it's a really good idea. Just, again, to think of the big picture and to think of it a little bit farther in advance, I think is always mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, another question we had, uh, please explain reverse mortgages for seniors. What if you don't own your home? What if you're a senior and a possible first-time buyer? I, I So I was going to look up the statistics on mm-hmm. how many seniors actually get reverse mortgages. They have really fallen out of favor um, because the higher the interest rate, the less you can borrow against your house. So let's say you own a house and the house is worth $400,000, and let's say you own it outright, and now you need cash to live on. Well, when interest mm-hmm. rates were like 25 percent remember that, like two years mm-hmm. ago? Yeah. <laughs> you could get maybe 70 to 80, maybe even 85% of the value of your house as 
um, and structured as like an annuity where you would just mm-hmm. get paid a certain amount each month um, mm-hmm. until that ran out. And now that interest rates are, are trending like at six and a half, seven percent, and by the way, they're always a little bit higher for reverse mortgages, you might not even be able to get half the value of your house. And so it's mm-hmm. not very much ha- much money, relatively speaking. It might be enough for some amount of time, but yeah. uh, you still have to pay the taxes on the house. You still have to do all this other stuff. Right. And yet you... Insurance. You've, yeah, and now you've put your house kind of at risk in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's my feeling about reverse mortgages. And even in the height of it, there was only like 150,000 reverse mortgages being done in this country, in the whole country. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, yeah. Tom? No, I agree with what you said there regarding reverse mortgages. I mean, the, the you, you take a look at them, you know, there's pros and cons, and just like many things, yes, it can provide an income. Yes, it is considered a tax-free income that you receive um, from that. It is a reverse mortgage. You are now, as you're getting the money, your mortgage is starting to increase the value of that uh, mortgage against the house mortgage balance. So it's, it, is, it is going in reverse in a sense. I mean, there's more to it than that. I think it's, it is, you're, I agree with you, especially at this point, it's, it's a tough one. I don't know if I would recommend it. I, you know, everybody's situation is unique, but it never hurts to, for those that are interested, you know, to get as much information, do a deep dive, maybe talk to someone you trust and who can explain it to you and go through it with you that's not necessarily trying to sell you something. Um, that's where you want to be careful. Again, someone that can really walk you through it. Just do the due diligence up front. Really understand it. You know that's how I approach everything with anyone I talk to, and um, and then see if it it can apply to you where you're in. You know you're in a position where you really, really, really need the money. Maybe it applies. All right. So let me just give you a couple of quick statistics. In 2018, only 33,000 reverse mortgages were originated. That's mm-hmm. it. That's 1.3 percent of the over two and a half million homeowners who did a cash out refinance in 2018, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's just like not very much. Um, You know, the other thing about it is the older you are, the more you can borrow. The younger you are, like if you're 60, the less, right? Because you've got a lot more years to Mm -hmm. go. And what happens with these is that, as I said earlier, you, you still have to pay the taxes on it. Uh, and the insurance, but mm-hmm. a lot of times people forget, and then the home gets sold out from under them, Yeah, and it's a real problem for lenders. Believe it or not, the you know reverse mortgages going into default are, is a problem. Yeah. So, um, at, and the place to go to get information, folks, is from a HUD housing counselor. So the Department of Housing and Urban Development has a website, hud.gov, H-U-D dot G-O-V, and you can go there, and it will lead you to a phone number that you can call to talk with somebody who knows a lot about mm-hmm. reverse mortgages. Because um, the federal government offers a federally funded, or not funded, but backed uh, reverse mortgage as well. That's a place to start and get some information. You can also go to the CFPB's website, consumerfinance.gov, and they've got information as well on there. But I'm not a huge fan. I think if you need a reverse mortgage, you should sell your house. You should invest in maybe an annuity so it pays you out, like Tom says, monthly over time and use that money to rent something more affordable or go live with somebody or share a house with somebody so that you're getting your mm-hmm. expenses in balance. Sure. Yeah. That's that's my two cents on it. And I, 
I've watched the reverse mortgage industry for a very, very long time. And yeah. over, I just, I don't know. And people like to leave something for their kids. but Yeah, that's another thing. It's kind of like the home is, is kind of sacred. And I like Tom Selleck, by the way, so for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> or the fonts. <laughs> I, I don't know. Here's my rule on those kinds of things, folks. If you see somebody you know and admire who's an actor from your youth, you should probably not be buying financial okay. products from them. Just my own two cents. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we're going <laughs> to. It's just a bias I have. I'm sorry. That's a Pro- valid point. Trying to protect people. Yes. Our number is 630 934 1855. You can go to com. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Uh, We've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about with the new 401k changes coming your way, courtesy of the Biden administration. Next on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, and I'm here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can call or text us at 630-934-1855 or leave a message at alphawealthgroup.com on the website. And while you're there, poke around. They've got a lot of good stuff up there. So, Tom, it's Mm -hmm. a full-time job keeping up with all the changes that our politicians are making to retirement and our retirement planning. So the Biden administration now has a proposal to change the tax status of your 401k. Do you want to explain it? It I don't know that I even fully understand it, (laughs) which is really saying something. Well, I mean, I would say, and maybe we can talk more about just optimizing your 401k plan, because this is really an opportunity that many of us have as a, if it's provided through our employer. And I think in some, t- in some cases, we don't take advantage of it. I mean, it's, it's one of the largest contribution amounts that you can make to a plan. And so we can get into that in a second. But some of the things that they're proposing, Certainly one of them is that you get a tax credit versus a tax deduction, and that gets a little wonky. But the point is, right now, if you put money into the traditional, so let's say you're in a 30%, we'll just use the example of technically in a 30%, but let's make it simple. 30% tax bracket. <laughs> okay. But a 30% tax bracket, if you put 10000 in, right, there's a $10,000 deduction at the 30% bracket. Now, they're talking about doing a 20%, t- 26% tax credit. That's just one example. Um, so, you know, you, you, those in the, in the 12% tax bracket, the 10, the 12, and the 22, actually have a higher benefit to contribute because they're getting a 26% tax credit. So I think that's some of the ideas behind trying to incentivize people in the lower brackets, and then they get a higher benefit to it. Um, it gets really, again, into some other things about contributions and catch-ups. It can get a little involved. But um, I don't know if this is going to pass. I doubt that's going to take place in any. But I think the bottom line on 401ks, you know, comes back to, um, you know, are you optimizing it? You can put up to $30,000 in a 401k if you're over age uh, 50, up to twenty two five if you're under age 50. I mean, I could give you a list of six or seven questions. I would tell you, here's a call to action before do it on Monday, maybe, or sometime next week. Uh, you mentioned the match, Elise, mm-hmm. about that's free money. I mean, I've had, I can't tell how many meetings someone come in and say, well, I think I'm putting in X number of dollars. I'm really not sure. It's 10%. Well, we really want to understand. That's what I'm saying. And I get it. We're busy with life. But one is, can you confirm what you're contributing? And are you taking advantage of the 30000 or twenty two five? If you can, but are you putting all you think you can? This stuff is critical, getting back to, you know, getting to age 70 or older or, or near that and it's saying, wait a minute. I should have been doing more saving. So here's, again, that call to action. 
I wonder if, if he, I wonder if younger people, you know, and I know we have some younger listeners as well. Uh, and for our older listeners, you probably have children in their twenties and thirties. But I, you know, I wonder how much our own brains just get in the way of this stuff, right? Where you just know you should do it, you read about it, you think about it, but you think. You know, 30, 40 years in the future, like who even knows if Social Security Mm -hmm. will be there? I probably will never retire. You know, people go through these mental gymnastics so that they don't ever do what they're supposed to do. I just wonder how that, you know, and I was one of those Mm 20-somethings, except that I decided I was going to put away $2,000 when I was 23, my first, you know, year. Mm -hmm. I was already kind of into investing, so... And, um, and you know, I started reading about it even back then. And it was like, oh, I could put in 2000 a year for 10 years, $20,000. And if I just let it grow, I'll have more money when I retire at 66 or 67, whatever it was back then, um, than if I just start at, say, 35 and I put mm-hmm. money away till I'm 65. And I just thought, wow, 10 years of savings and I have more money than 30 years of savings. Mm-hmm. And that's really the power of compounding. It is. And, and, you know, I think, too, to a certain extent, human nature is to procrastinate, just like we're talking about things today. How many people are going to take action? Again, not to be critical. Everybody, we're busy with our lives. We have so many things going on. I think that's just, again, human nature. But on your, on, since we're talking about the form, okay, that's just one piece of your plan. I think like anything in life, I mean, maybe I use a sports analogy. It's like, I don't really watch soccer maybe for a lot of reasons but because <laughs> it's yeah. boring no i'm just kidding i know that people are, i don't know the rules that much so i'm not you know or in certain sports some people don't watch it because they just it's okay you really don't have to like it. soccer okay you don't have to. it's okay people will still i'm a like football it. guy i'm sorry yeah. i know no apologies on anything go okay. on okay but the, with the 401k, knowing the rules, because once you understand it, and this is what is really frustrating for me, too, and I'm sure you, you may agree with this, Lise, this isn't as complicated as it needs to be. Unfortunately, um, the people that uh, you know have opportunities to invest in these things, if they're presented properly, and it's like, that makes sense. I get it. So the 401ks, when I start laying out the rules, do you know you can put in 30000 a year? I didn't know that. Do you know what your contribution is? Do you, did you find out what the match is? Did you find out if you have a Roth option? Do you know if uh, who your beneficiaries are? We talk about that piece of it on this, these plans. Do you know how you're allocated in your investments? And then once you start seeing this plan and saying, I see how this works, man. I, I really want to start becoming, I'm going to track it, I'm going to monitor it, gets back to this organization. But then you know how it works, and you start to say, "I'm going to really take advantage of this 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 investment option I have that's available to me, and it's going to impact my life down the road and my family." So, you know, this is something we need to dive into and start to understand. Not that complicated, and then we can start to really uh, take advantage of what what's what's available with this type of retirement plan. Yeah, I I think all of those are really important points, and and I don't know if. This proposal from the Biden administration is actually going to pass. I, I, I worry that it won't, or you know that for some reason he thinks the people who make more than, you know, I don't know what kind of income you would make to be above the twenty six percent, twenty eight percent bracket. What what would that be? A little over a hundred thousand a year. Well, it depends on if individual or joint. Um, you go from the right now, and by the way, these are going to sunset in twenty twenty six. So we have three more years of these brackets, maybe longer. Who knows? But 
Right now, they're set to sunset. You're in a 22% tax bracket, up to about 190000 You can have that, you say 95000 if you're single, 190000 The next bracket is 24%. That goes all the way up to 360 for a couple, 180 for an individual, and then the next bracket is 32. That's the bigger jump, 24 to 32, above 180 as an individual and above um, 364000 if you're a couple. I, I just... I just worry that, you know, I know he's trying to pay for this lower tax deduction, you know, lower the 10% tax deduction, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not enough of a tax expert to fi- figure it out, but I don't want to discourage anybody who's making $190,000 a year and it's two incomes and they've got kids and so they've got... You know, there's just a lot of expenses that go into it, sure. um, and I don't want to discourage anybody from contributing as fully to their retirement account simply because they're going to get a little less of a tax deduction. I just, I just don't think that's worth it. I want to see people keep saving money as as much of it as they can, and to your point, yeah. always in a diversificated, d- diverse uh, group of places, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's your 401k, but also your Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, or even just in a regular account if you've maxed mm-hmm. everything out. I just don't yeah. want to see people not encouraged to do that. Yeah, I agree. No matter what, invest. You put in systematic contributions, maybe one of the biggest uh, uh, benefits on the outs- on the other side of it by doing systematic contributions and forgetting about it. Well, one of the things I wanted to sort of bring up today, but we do not have time, but I'll just give us a tease for next week. You know, people are starting to talk about stagflation again, this idea of stagnant economic growth. We're nowhere near that, and I'm kind of wondering why they're doing it. <laughs> like, why are we talking about stagflation when inflation is still at almost 5% and we've got unbelievably low unemployment, um, and it, by all stretches of the imagination, you know, solid earnings coming back. I don't know. Does it, I'm only giving you 30 seconds, Tom. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, am I, am I wrong? Well, I think they're looking down, you know, they're looking forward and saying, look, we think that, uh, I mean, GDP has been, uh, you know, forecast has been down. You know, there's this discussion, are we going to go into a recession towards the end of this year, going into next year? So certainly when you have negative growth combined with inflation, that's kind of, I think, maybe where the discussion's leading. It's not today, but down the road. Okay, so <laughs> one more thing I don't have to think about this week. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, folks, we're out of time. As always, Tom, it's such a pleasure to get a, to spend this time with you yeah. on Sundays. I, I do so much appreciate it. And, I, and we appreciate all of you getting up early to listen to us. So thank you so much for listening to This Week in Wealth. You can listen to our past episodes at WGNRadio.com. You can find me at BestMoneyMoves.com. You can find Tom at AlphaWealthGroup.com. We would love to hear from you. So give us a call or text 630-934-1855. And we'll be back here again next week on 720 WGN. 
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.